Well, hello, and welcome back to It's All Film and Games for a very special episode. Hosting tonight's episode will be me, Samir, but once again, I am not the most special person on the podcast tonight because we have a much more special and a much more fantastic guest that has joined us. Indeed, the great Will Gamble is joining us tonight. Some of you may know him as the man. Some of you may know him as the myth. Some of you may know him as the legend. Most will know him as Pittsburgh's chief anime historian. The most eligible bachelor we know. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> he does kind of got the Adam Driver look I can right see now. It, yeah. I, I, so, speaking about being single, I've been on Tinder lately. <laughs> you went straight into it. Okay, like, well. Uh, hey, you look like Adam Driver. Is that, is that is that legit? Like, you really mean that? I have gotten that by like three. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can, I, I can, I can see it. That's not, that's not a bad comparison to get. I, I think he's not at all. No, he's very. He's handsome. in. He's in heartthrob territory. Yeah. That that was all of us making fake Tinder accounts <laughs> to gas you up. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I've been all, all for this episode. Pop, this pop is, a little yeah, Gucci this episode on. Is his, just... his next film. We get, we get uh, Will and a little bit of Gucci. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. This this episode is just a front. We're not actually going to talk about movies. It's just us all talking about how much we love Will Gamble. I think we can all agree that we don't even like movies at this point. I know for one of us, that's completely true. <laughs> um, and But if there's one thing we can all unite on, it is our love. For William Gamble. So very excited to have you on the show tonight, Will. Thanks, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> Much less impressively, tonight on the episode we have the villainous Sam Maricalio, the lovely Dane Holt, and the also villainous Corey Stillman. Everyone's a chief why, something. I love, why is yeah, everyone's a chief something. <laughs> <laughs> Dane is essentially a shonen protagonist. Uh, oh, there's the first anime agree. drop. <laughs> Shonen protagonist. You're so annoying. Uh, for anyone who knows Will, Will has a slight obsession with anime, but it just makes him all that cuter. And we we specifically wanted this episode to include as little anime as possible, but unfortunately, I feel like that is going to be coming out uh, in full force tonight, regardless of how hard we try. It's Final Control. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Run rampant, Will. I want to hear it. So, Samir, what movies are we talking about tonight? This marks the first episode of the Bachelor series, where each of the podcast members picks a movie for our special guest, and our special guest will, at the end of the episode, choose the movie that stole his or her heart. About 20 years ago, I was shortlisted to host The Bachelor on ABC. Due to some, uh, Internal politics at ABC, the gig went to Chris Harrison instead of me. So naturally, this series means a lot to me as I finally get to relive my dream of hosting The Bachelor. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Chris Harrison is like canceled now. Samir, Samir just wanted a mumblecore version of, of The Bachelor and no one wanted to watch it. It, it pulled really poorly. Though the trivial pay and fame aspects of the job may be missing, I still retain bragging rights of being the host on some version of The Bachelor. And come on, that's, that's all that matters. Tonight we will be discussing five comedies, one our guests brought, and the, rest ones, and, and the rest are ones that we brought for our guests. 
we will first discuss Life is Beautiful, the film brought to us by our guest, Will Gamble. Next, we will move on to discuss Best in Show, Sam's Pick, then Naked Gun, Dane's Pick, then Foot Fistway, my pick. And finally, Private Life, Corey's pick. So hopefully, if you're listening, <laughs> you buckle up, you're in for a four-hour podcast. Yeah. Yeah, this it's this, actually going to be twelve-hour yeah, marathon, this, uh, and we're not letting anyone go to sleep. The Snyder cut of it's all filming. Yeah. <laughs> the gamble. Cut. The gamble cut. Um. So I guess without further ado, we'll gamble. Take it away. I jump right in. All right. So, <clears throat> La Vita Bella is an Italian dramedy. <sighs> So how are you single? <laughs> and you just pronounce it that way. God no, damn, a, Will. I could explain that for ten hours. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> so <Lavita> Bella is, is <laughs> yeah, I knew that. Was Dane does hate Italians. That's one of the reasons I decided to pick it. I wanted to make Dane suffer a little bit. Um, <laughs> but um, so it is a movie from 1997. Um, it was critically acclaimed. It won the Oscar for best foreign film. And won the best actor for Roberto Bernini, who is the director also of the film. His, uh, I saw it in eighth grade when I first took Italian one. And I proceeded to watch it probably like five more times in high school when I also took Italian. And I probably watched it like two more times in college where I God took damn. some more Italian classes. It's like the benchmark of my Italian film education and i've seen a lot of italian films now but, have you seen have you seen um, some older italian films like uh the neorealist like film thief or something i've seen uh i like uh what's it called I've seen shoeshine or bicycle thieves or italian names of that can you, have uh, you seen yeah, a, I don't know any English names really. La Note or uh, La Ventura? Those are two particular good ones. I haven't seen ones. those. Have you seen uh, Jack and Jill? Al Pacino's really good. <laughs> Al Pacino's really good. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I feel like I, I'm a fake Italian because I haven't sta- seen I haven't The staple seen of all Italians. Dunkachino. Oh, really? Hey, you know what Samir's about to ask? <laughs> I've seen some of the Sopranos. Right on cue. Oh, you haven't seen all. Yeah. Oh my God, Samir, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I I watched my brother. I went home for winter break one year, and he was watching Sopranos, and I proceeded to sit down and watch a bunch of it with him. It was good. I liked it. The very uh, very uh, Gabagool. Bang. <laughs> It reminds me yeah, of- very, very funny, very light and easy to watch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. speaking of fun okay, and light into this and movie. easy to watch, we've gotten a little off track. So, um, <laughs> La Vita Bella is about a Jewish Italian man um, whose family gets uh, taken away to a concentration camp during the Holocaust during World War II, and it's about. Should I just spoil it? I mean, I guess it's not really spoiled. Yeah, we do spoilers yeah. here. So it's about him basically trying to protect his son from the horrors of the Holocaust by pretending that it's all a game and uh, trying to, like, I don't know, make life a little brighter while they're stuck in such a terrible place. Um, it really contrasts from the beginning of the movie where he meets his wife, where it's 
fun and lighthearted. And I mean, I think he rides down the street with Mussolini at one point. That was a ride <laughs> when I found out that was who that was. But um, that is yeah. It it was. It's like it's got such a sharp sense of humor. It's like really whimsical, but um, it really contrasts with its uh, historical setting, especially when they get into the concentration camp. And it's really fucking sad to end too. I openly wept when it when I watched it the first time. Uh, but yeah, yeah. it really. Well, I wish we would have watched. Samir, you openly wept as well. Yeah, I know. I could have. Oh, jealous. Yeah, let's hear. Anyone else I, have some I, takes? Yeah, I have a. I have I'm, some mixed feelings about yeah, this movie because yeah, I. Uh, I was I was a mixed bag I, on this one. I I agree with one thing you said, Will, that I really loved about it, which is, like, the whimsical nature of it. I'm not sure if I would call this movie funny, but I really did love how sort of, like, magical it was. Uh, you know, it's very, like, Chaplin-esque, I think, or even, like, a Buster Keaton kind of humor, I guess. If, you, if, if you're looking for a kind of comedy, it, it's very, like, classic in that sense. Like, he's just kind of this this guy that wanders around and almost seemingly impossible things happen to him. I really liked that first half of the film for that reason. I still don't know if I found it funny necessarily so I'm, I, I am curious to get get into that a little bit more but i guess my i don't know i i, I know i, I probably sound like such a like a party pooper even saying this and um but I, I guess i just wonder like why why the holocaust and like why this movie and like why i don't know it's like like it, it, like I, i'll say this i preferred this movie to jojo rabbit if we're if we're trying to uh you know like talk like talk about like applying a comedic lens to something really dark and tragic i think this movie does do that mostly well but i do wonder why roberto benigni a, not a jew i was i tried to look it up everywhere i could he was raised catholic what he was trying to do by making a comedy set against the holocaust and i suppose he was trying to talk about the triumph of the human spirit and the ability for humans to persevere and that's all well and good but in that sense, doesn't the Holocaust then just kind of become this like nice little window dressing that he doesn't really have to reckon with at all, and that he can just kind of like use as like, oh, what is what what do people view as the most tragic thing to ever happen? Oh, the Holocaust. I can use that to really hammer my point home. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I kind of fall in the same the same line with Corey, and and that's why I find the tale of like this is a movie in two parts essentially like the whimsical like love story at the first part and then the second part being like the hall uh the concentration camp focus i just found myself kind of being like i guess the first part just didn't resonate with me as much because their relationship isn't really like expound like expanded upon in the second part so it kind of leaves the first part to feel a little I wouldn't say pointless but a little meandering and I found myself kind of like wanting it to get to the point of what what it was going to get about and then on on the same point about tone like I I just found myself yeah just kind of feeling a little off put by it all like it just felt a little too um I guess sanitized to me I don't know like it, it it's sanitation left in the final like 10 minutes but um i just found myself like not thinking that it was a very accurate or 
um, sincere portrayal of it. Yeah, I mean, that it's left like me- his character would have been annihilated during the Holocaust. I mean, like, yeah, like killed within the first. Yeah, year. and he would have been yeah, made like, a made an example out of, made a fool out of, and it would have been one of the most gruesome, brutal things you'd ever seen, and it would be so so tragic. And I'm just not sure there is a way to to mine comedy from that. I mean, that's just like, two, uh, I don't know. Two things. One, sounds like Will's getting a taste of what I feel whenever we talk about the MCU. <laughs> and, 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 and two, uh, if, Yo, Will uh, thought he was coming here to sing Kumbaya. He didn't yeah, know how much of a pessimist Corey if, is. <laughs> if, if Corey and or and if Sam, Corey and Sam, yeah. trying to get the, the nice card in there with uh, getting on Will's good side, I think uh, me and Samir are doing pretty good right now. <laughs> Oh, now, oh I will you. I will say that I do agree with the how um it definitely like the tonal I do agree that the first half is much different than the second half and I honestly prefer the first half because Same. honestly looking back I agree. on the movie when I saw it like I loved it when I watched it in 8th grade I was 14 years old I mean I did like comparing that to some of like the holocaust literature that I have read um like in like high school and all of that like night i think is the name of the book yeah ellie wiesel yeah ellie wiesel yeah talk about like the horrors of the holocaust like it really repainted how i felt about the second half of the movie and i just kind of i do agree that it is hard to like get like true you have to suspend your disbelief I feel like to yeah. get like the most enjoyment out of the second half when he's in the concentration camp. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think poorly of anyone that likes this movie. I and I think that's a good point, Will, about like suspending your disbelief. That's a huge part of like really buying into a lot of comedies. Like every single movie besides Corey's <laughs> tonight is like is is unbelievable in many, many ways. Um and that's not to say Corey's movie is bad, but it, you know, it is. But <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, kidding, I know, yeah, Sam doesn't even believe that is a funny book. <laughs> I, know, I know, I don't even believe that. I'm just saying that to fuck with him. Um, but yeah, no, that that it's an important point. Is yeah, like, if you can, if you can suspend your disbelief, you can definitely find the humor in this movie. And find maybe that like whimsical nature that we were talking about with it. Yeah, and like that's that. that's what I wanted to say too. Is like I was almost worried about making the, or offering this criticism because like I d- I did kind of feel like as the I guess the resident Jew that it would almost like seem like you can't you know have another opinion than this. And I don't think that's true. I mean, like obviously you guys, I think you guys know I'm like the least religious jew out there like i barely identify with it um but like i I obviously like growing up around it you do think about the holocaust i think like in a a different way and so i am i maybe a little more like sensitive to depictions of it but again i don't i I think it is important in any no matter the tragedy no matter the the dark thing you're talking about to like find a silver lining or find some kind of humor uh and i think again out of the attempts i've seen at doing that I found this more successful than than a movie like Jojo Rabbit, which I only bring up because I did feel like that was one where, while funnier, had was very toothless and had like nothing to say about the Holocaust. I do I do at least feel like this is like an ode to the human spirit and like an ode to human perseverance. I just wonder how invested it is in the specifics of the Holocaust, and that's where I kind of struggle. 
But again, I, I, I could totally see, especially like a non-Jew really responding to this, and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Okay, I'm going to keep it real. I love this movie. This movie is an all-timer for me, and I remember the first time I saw it, it was um, it was an intro to film my senior year, and I started ugly crying in front of the whole class. Uh, the only other movie that's made me do that was the ending of Pursuit of Happiness, when Will Smith's character finally gets the gig. It's weird because I don't consider either Pursuit of Happiness or this movie to be a particularly good movie, or they're good movies, but like, um to be flawless movies like both of these movies are definitely far from perfect um they're both definitely flawed in their own ways but i can say that all the emotions really landed for me in life is beautiful and it's just a really great feeling when a movie is able to do that one one last thought that i one thought i did have watching this that i think does kind of like make up for some of its maybe flaws too is that i think you could pretty much interpret this whole movie as the son kind of like remembering these events which which yeah. would explain kind of his like bizarre behavior especially in the concentration camps I, when i say his i mean like the dad like like i said like this guy would not have survived the holocaust uh for even a second um and but, but maybe that that kind of makes sense when you consider like this is more so how the son is likes to remember his father and imagine his life before he was born and all these kinds of things i don't know it's just mm. In that sense, it's actually a really interesting uh, premise. I just, again, I have my issues. Yeah, I wish they had maybe leaned into that a little bit more. I, I actually thought that was going to, I thought the end, I thought it was going to maybe end with that kind of framing or something. So the one point or um, interjection or whatever I wanted to throw in that I totally forgot about, again, sorry for the momentary derailing of the discussion, um, but I, I just wrote down to move the discussion towards considering what comedy is. I think we've definitely picked five great films for this discussion in particular because i just realized one of these films is a physical or slapstick comedy naked gun one of these is a dramedy life is beautiful one of these is a character based and delivery based type movie the foot fist way um one of these is a witty writing and more verbal comedy best in show and one of these is a realism based slice of life type comedy um in private life so I guess my point is that comedy uh, is so, so, so subjective. And our listeners can probably just listen to me list that and identify what specifically makes them laugh and which kind of comedy they'll resonate with the most. So they'll just watch that one um, if they end up only watching one of these. It's not like other genres, I think, where um, all the other components matter to me as much. Like for me, comedy's task is hard, but it is pretty straightforward. And that's to make people laugh. If a movie if a movie made me laugh a lot, it's funny. I liked it. End of story. But if I was watching a science fiction movie or a romance movie or something, I'm looking at the movie more as a whole. Like the whole story, the direction, the score. Um, but for comedy, it's always kind of been, did it make me laugh? Yes or no? Um, so I always thought comedy was an interesting genre to talk about. So I'm glad that we're finally doing that on the episode. But um yeah, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Honestly, I guess we should we should mention to the audience that uh, 
Life is Beautiful is not in the running to win Will Will's competition. No, it'd be pretty that would unfair be, for me to vote for my. That own would be movie. pretty unfair for Will to give himself a movie say, and then pick his movie as the winner. Will's, Will's, Will's so pick that was just own, a little bonus movie we talked about. Will picks his own film as The Bachelor. Will's having a little bit of self love. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I know. Classic Will Gamble. He's so self centered. We've always said this for so long. Has never thought of others, which is great. Um, kind words to give will before we talk about my movie which is best in show uh this is directed by christopher good christopher guest and by christopher good i mean christopher guest <laughs> thank you Corey. that's the one time he'll be right i know yeah for real, that's the not one a time great Corey story will be one time Corey will be right tonight, so I, um, you know, might as well get it out of the way. Fine, early. I guess I guess I won't be complimenting uh, Best in the Show. Then. No, no, you <laughs> will because this movie. I mean, Christopher Guest is the goat of mockumentaries. He made both Spin- uh, This Is Spinal Tap and The Mighty Wind, which is wait, he made This Is uh, Spinal Tap. This. Yeah, I no, thought that was Rob Reiner. He, either he wrote. Yeah. No, he either he either wrote or I'll, I'll look, he, no, he directed this. Up. I just could have sworn this is Spinal Tap was Rob Reiner, but I'm open to being wrong. Nope, he directed it. Oh. Wait. Oh, wait, no. Directed by Rob Reiner. Yeah, it was Rob Reiner. Wait, it? I'm very confused by that, too, because on his IMDb... Wait, because... It also he, he, did, he did co-write it, though, so... He and Michael McKean... Oh, he and yeah, he yeah, started he it. I, I, I guess I never he's knew what... Yeah, I never knew what Christopher in. Guest looked like, so I guess I, I didn't realize that he was the star okay. of This is Spinal Tap. But obviously, well, my, he and intro- my introduction has duo. been rife with misinformation <laughs> and horrible facts. I should have fact-checked this before I came to it. But the one thing that is undeniable is that this movie is absolutely hilarious. Um, it is a mockumentary about a dog show and tells the story of five different dog owner couples. And it's really just... You know, if there's one movie that I think exemplifies my sense of humor the most, I would say Best in Show probably exemplifies what I try to go for on a daily basis. It's yeah. to the point it's so ironic where you don't know if it's actually serious I... or and, you know, it's got Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. What else do you really the want? What did you guys think of this movie? All I'm going to say is uh, if Will were a dog. He definitely win best in show. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, good call. Um, he okay. Which of the dogs would you think Will Gamble would be, and why do you think it's the Bloodhound? I was gonna say the Bloodhound. <laughs> I was gonna say the Bloodhound was my favorite dog. I, I just really wanted. To I love Bloodhound. I wasn't he cute? So cute. So cute. That's uh, that. Yeah, like part, like part of me feels like this movie is also just an ode to dog lovers in Dude, general. That's the thing. But um, like watching this, seeing all the the cute little fuzzy dogs like it just made me smile even more and i sam if if we've learned anything from the past few episodes is that you and i have a very similar taste in humor um i just fucking lost it during this movie oh my god there's so so many funny things and sam when you said like where there are some scenes that are they're just so serious but within the context of the movie they're just hilarious like the 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 when they're doing the the photographs of the dogs in classic (laughs) movie scenes love i i love that moment 
So I, I just like I actually really thought the Weimarammer couple was really fucking funny because uh, they're so funny. My aunt and uncle have Weimarammers, <laughs> and I saw a little bit of my aunt and that lady. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Rest Hopefully in peace. She doesn't listen to this. Yeah, podcast. condolences. Yeah, condolences to you, Will. She. <laughs> They're kind of a piece of work. I no, love, just like, like the way they like she loves the dogs, and the dog is like their kid. I thought that was so funny. Uh, I was. I like. I this. love how the. I love how the narrative comes full circle with the mm-hmm. first scene being them talking about having sex in front yeah. of their dog, and then the final thing they learn absolutely <laughs> nothing, and they've just replaced the dog. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I I like. I like lost it the first time I watched that movie on that. I also scene. I yeah. Was so I also funny. thought that was a great scene to open up with because it's so dramatic when when it's getting into it, and then the the perfectly timed Pam pan over to the dog. It's like okay, this is the movie we're getting into. This is it. Really set the tone for the rest of the the rest of the movie. Yeah. But yeah, that I is movie completely blind, and I had no idea what to expect. So when that opened, like a really serious like. She's not talking to us. She won't even look at us. So I was like, <laughs> oh my god, is this gonna be like a like a really serious like family drama? And then it private life into too. Fucking dog. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I mean, god. but that is what's so. Gr- I mean, it, I think this is by far the funniest movie we're discussing tonight. Like, I honestly don't even think it's it's that close. But we, we can talk about it at a later point. I think that is part of what's so great about it is it, is its payoffs though. Is that like it sets up so many jokes that you almost don't even realize that are going to, are going to pay off. Mm-hmm. I think the most iconic is obviously the whole left foot. Like that's kind of like the, I guess the closest thing to like a, yeah, a main funny. plot of this movie, <laughs> but like, I don't know. There's just so many moments like that where yeah. like, you don't even know you're being set up for something so funny until it happens later. Another example, which I thought this, this incredible scene was when they're sitting down for dinner and the, the one dude that's hitting on, who, who Catherine O'Hara hooked Catherine up O'Hara's with, character. which is such a funny running joke <laughs> so throughout funny. the mu- throughout throughout the movie. Yeah, but he he says that he like talks people down from I've never done it on a roller coaster. Yes. <laughs> where he he he, he uh, talks people down from suicide, and then the, that, that scene so concludes funny. with him trying to talk his son and do- the son and dog down from the shed. <laughs> What's he saying? Listen here, you little freak! I'm gonna put my, yeah, I'm gonna put my thumb in your in your eye, you little freak! <laughs> Just like the absolute worst way of talking someone off a ledge. That was so funny. Yeah, that's that's absolutely one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. I think like Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara like have this like very rare like comedic chemistry that you don't get very often, and they are to me. I think they're the funniest part of the movie. Um, I think there's a lot of other funny <clears throat> parts, but I'm interested to hear what your guys' favorite dog owner is throughout the movie. There's just, there's a lot of, like, bl- uh, blink and you miss it gags in this movie. Um, well, Sam, you talked just about how amazing Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara are, but honestly, like, this, ent- the entire cast is outstanding. Like, the fact that, I mean, for me, all of the dog owners with every, uh, interview mockumentary thing that was going on all of them carried their own weight like john michael higgins and michael so funny so funny so 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 funny funny. so funny and also christopher guest i think his name was like harlan pepper oh my god he just naming the nuts is (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
it's one of the most that's like, one of the annoying scenes. things, but it's so funny. <laughs> that's that's my sense of humor in a in a nutshell. Not to yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Oh <laughs> my god, Corey's disqualified just yeah. for that. Oh come on, that was nutshell. good. You know it too. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> See what I like about this movie so much, uh, and I, this is how I feel about this is Spinal Tap, and it's how I feel about um, a lot of Christopher Guest comedies uh, is that. Like yeah, it's true. They don't. They're kind of just meandering, and they don't really necessarily get from point A to point B. But his worlds are just so lived in, and I think Best in Show is the best example of it. Like, like it's such a a well fleshed out world of this stupid dog show that shouldn't matter at all. Wait. But you are kind of invested. You're kind of invested in the events of what's happening, and you're not necessarily worried about the plot having a rising action, a falling action. But you are. I think, I mean, I, at least I'm like, you're very, very invested in this world and you're, and you're immersed in it. Yeah. Well, two things going off that one being invested, like when it, it came down to the end, I was like, oh my God, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be <laughs> I, 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 in the back of my mind? I knew it was going to be Eugene Levy. Um, but still like, I, I was like a little bit anxious watching it. Um, also I'm shocked Samir didn't love this movie. And while I was watching it, while I was watching it, the scene that in my mind was like, this is Samir, was the cookout scene. When it's just like the, the where the camera's going around everyone. Because <laughs> it's just literally them talking about like their lives and like cooking. And it's like, I've overheard this conversation at like a, a hometown cookout or something like that. It was, it, it was, but it was so funny that it was just like a normal conversation, but in within the context of the movie. It just was hilarious. Yeah, I like maybe my favorite joke in the entire um, thing that I thought Samir would re- resonate with as well is uh, Jennifer Coolidge, who plays kind of like the airhead um, blonde <laughs> in the in the thing. She's so good. She's talking about her hu- when she's talking about her husband at the beginning. She's like, so "We like to talk. We both love soup. We could just not talk." <laughs> yeah. You know, we could we could talk we could not talk for hours, and at the end have nothing and still have more, more nothing to talk about. <laughs> it's just it's like just such a ridiculous and. Yeah. I feel like in Best of Show, I didn't laugh. I mean, I was watching it by myself, which also affects it. But like, I didn't laugh out loud, like, uh, like losing my mind laughing. But I thought it was really funny because there's like a lot of scenes that yeah. I'd be like, "All right, that was really clever. All right, that's funny." Like, but I wouldn't be like belly laughing like in in the on the couch. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think that's what it was yeah. going for. Yeah. Really, I would, you, I wouldn't say I belly laughed. Besides the the part where he says, "I'm gonna gouge yeah. your eyes." <laughs> I thought that. Was oh, I think I think part, the line the when looked... Fred Willard says, uh, "And to think some of these dogs are eaten in other countries." No, I think yeah, that, that to awesome. me, I, I die laughing over right here. <laughs> I like, I, yeah, I'd be remiss oh. if I don't talk about my love of Fred Willard for a split second. Like, <laughs> so... I think he is. I, you know, rest in peace, Fred Willard. Like, I think he was the funny. Like every single movie he's ever been in, and when he was in Modern Family yeah. as well. He's the funniest part of every single thing he's ever been in. I would say A Mighty Wind is the mockumentary that was made after this by Christopher Guest. It's not quite as funny, I would say, but Fred Willard's parts are like, I would say the funniest like 15 minute stretch in any movie I've ever seen. (laughs) Highly, highly recommend. And my final point is I'm just of the opinion that mockumentaries are probably the funniest subgenre of comedy consistently. Like there's, I wouldn't say it's like the pinnacle of comedy, but I would say 
the vast majority of mockumentaries I've seen, I've enjoyed, whereas opposed to most comedies are very hit or miss for me. But like this, what we do in the shadows, like this is Spinal com- Tap, a mighty comedy Wind. in the mundane. Like they're all so funny. The thing about a mockumentary is that it's also making a joke on a whole extra layer. So like, you know, uh, a movie like like Naked Gun, which we'll get into in a sec, is is a is a movie right like it's just a movie and so like the language of the film isn't necessarily uh you know like re- in reference to anything else but when you're making a mockumentary it, it's as the title suggests mocking a documentary you know so like like not only is the movie itself funny but even like a like a random cut or the fact that they would that the camera does something a certain way is all part of the language of what we th- what we know a documentary to be and so it almost like it can make jokes without even making jokes half the time. Yeah. That's what makes what we do in the shadows so funny because it's, it's like supernatural in a documentary setting. I mean, like that in and of itself is already funny before the movie even makes any jokes. Yeah, Sam, how do you feel? <laughs> well, Will, thanks for asking. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm feeling confident. I, I agree with Corey. I think this is the funniest of the movie. But and I think also think I it's probably funny. But that's the thing. I don't know if you is the criteria the tonight even yeah. what movie Will found the funniest. That's also a question. Yeah, and well, it, yeah. If it if it is just based on pure humor, uh, I'm I think it's a toss up between me or Dane. But I think that this is the perfect blend of both being hilarious as well as being super clever and smart. Um, which you know we could go right into Dane's. I don't think it's quite as smart, but it is equally as funny. Yeah. All right. All right. So the movie I brought, Will, was The Naked Gun, starring Leslie Nielsen, directed by David Zucker. Um, Leslie Nielsen is so funny. He has yeah, he's so he funny. has the the Will Ferrell type of humor where, uh, he's so serious, like incredibly serious, and it just adds to the punchline of every joke um sam was talking about clever jokes and while i do think that best in show is more clever from a writing standpoint i do think leslie or the naked gun has those really clever moments at um at points the one that comes to my mind is the bribe scene where Oh, it's a, it's an all-time great it's an all-time great joke like, like if anyone is if anyone's not going to tell me that's one of the greatest jokes you've ever seen like i don't know yeah, what to tell you that's so and funny so samir funny. said that like you watch a comedy for like specific segments of gags and this movie is literally that like there's just in my mind ingrained images like when leslie the Priscilla Presley's climbing up the steps and Leslie Nielsen looks up and goes, nice beaver. And then she she goes, oh, oh <laughs> so thanks, I just got stupid. it stuffed. And she hands them the, the thing. Or like, <laughs> yeah, the text them, them rolling around in the condoms. Practice safe sex. Uh, that's so but... That's a, that yeah. was a great so, moment, too. I, uh... I am interested <laughs> to hear what you guys have to say about it. Because The Naked Gun is a movie I've seen a lot. In a movie that I uh, frequently find myself quoting and just laughing about in random moments. Yeah. So, Please. not going to lie, I did watch this movie with Dane. 
he t- oh, that's cheating. I know. He texted hmm. me on Sunday. He said, "Hey, you want to come over to watch Dane, Naked Dane's Gun face right now?" Says it all. Guys, I wish our listeners could see I'm, Dane's face. The, the, he looks. The more- Dane, anyone that watches a movie with Dane and hears Dane's laugh, of course, I literally he also brought on the you. big guns because no. Sean Jameson was also there. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, Sean's guys, movie. dude, that doesn't guys, even count. I just wanted to have a nice movie night. There was nothing nefarious about it. That's I will. So I did. Rare. I woke up the next. Text, watch movies together. That's not. I literally texted Sam after watching this, and I said, "Like it was funny, but I feel like it would have been ten times funnier if I watched it with Dane, having heard <laughs> him laugh at it." That's a, that's an actual text that I sent. See, see, did you just hear Dane's laugh? <laughs> yeah, like, Imagine that going the entire time. That would be fantastic. Uh, uh, but also, <sighs> I love Airplane, which is by the same. It was crew. very. Yeah, I, very like, similar. I fucking love that movie. I'll watch clips of it on YouTube and I'll just die laughing. Like, well, on the spot. Well, surely you can't so, be serious. Honestly, hot take. I found this. What? <laughs> I said, surely you can't be serious. Yes, I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Yeah, la, 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 la. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's this so movie is the writing, the jokes, the slapstick, it's all airplane esque. And I was loving it. Like the OJ scene in the beginning where he gets shot. So funny. Flails around <laughs> the whole time. I was going to say. Yeah, I know. It, it's, OJ had a pretty decent. He would movie never career. hurt a fly. It, yeah, OJ. I would. He, oh, he would never hurt a fly. I, I, I like. That might have been my hardest laugh the entire movie. I the, was the, like, the movie oh my god. Well, in that sense, because everything OJ says is just so ironic, and it's just like, bro. Yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was good, and just like the little running gags, like um, like Leslie Nielsen's character Frank Drebin always crashing into stuff with his car like the scene where his car was running down the hill oh my god so with the with the, with yeah. the airbags yeah. and they're like get the, get the license yeah. did anyone see you drove it <laughs> and then well that's the thing too i leslie nielsen he so one i'm a huge fan of this of the three stooges and they're so expressive and obviously this movie is super slapstick but leslie nielsen's facial expressions sell so many of the gags and in the scene with the car, like the the scene ends with him like realizing that it was just his car, and he was just like, uh, uh, yeah, get everyone's name and numbers, and and then he just like shuffles away. Like I, I so it, this is a slapstick comedy, obviously, and I don't love slapstick normally, but I, I was Corey and I were getting in a little argument last night talking about this movie, but I, I am a big, like, I'm a big proponent of this movie. I was shocked by how, how funny I found it. I honestly found the slapstick to like transcend normal slapstick comedy because it was so over the top that it, it became like kind of like a critique or like commentary on slapstick comedy to a point where it was like maybe i'm giving way too much credit. <laughs> yeah i don't know about that <laughs> on those like crime tv shows that's true yeah this is based off yeah, was, of failed like they they initially tried to make this a tv show and didn't really do too hot and then they made a successful film well, that's what i thought adaptation was funny too is like all of drebin's uh narrations one they're funny but it it's literally like he's reading an outline of like a stereotypical crime film. He's like, and then I hit I my night was just yeah. beginning. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. And in that sense, Leslie Nielsen really is so perfect for this role. Both his like you said, his facial uh, responses and his voice. Uh, like he could probably. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if he has the acting chops, but he could probably play a very serious version of this character well, just because it, he he has that that kind of persona already. He actually was 
a dramatic actor before airplane airplane was like his, oh really yeah and then after airplane because I, I i only know him as a comedian yeah, that's funny after airplane he became more of a comedic actor i also love when it was when i was like everything i see reminds me of her and then it's just like a that big factory that looks like two big tits <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's like the it's like the ultimate dad yeah. joke movie. It's like oh, none yeah. of it, none of it is like you know exactly what the joke is gonna be five seconds right, before right. it happens, but yeah. it still for some reason works. Oh, yeah, so I just, well. the I, delivery like, and the timing is just so good. I think my favorite joke in the entire movie is the one when they're talking about the um Shakespeare oh in the God, park. So and he's funny. just like <laughs> he's just like, you kill five actors. Good ones. <laughs> Which I Samir, right as I bring this up, Samir walks away. But Liv Soprano Liv Soprano is in Okay, Samir, are you back? Are you listening? Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to get <clears throat> I that was probably gonna play well with Samir just seeing her. Um Yeah, you're so annoying. <laughs> My... Yeah, I did. I thought. I think all the best laughs to me came in that 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 one montage, like the one kind of like romance montage. Oh my, dude, when the they one clothesline that... the other couple, I was laughing. And so also the fact hard. that that whole montage of them falling in love literally happens like over the course of four hours, and by the end of it, they're yeah, like, exactly. "I love you so much." Yeah, canonically, I, I also... the movie takes place over twenty four hours. Yeah, <laughs> I love when they're cracking so up funny. laughing after watching Platoon in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was so. I uh, what my. My one of my favorite lines is when they're in the banquet um, and they're talking about relationships and Drebin goes, they're like Drano. Sure, it'll clean you out, but it'll leave you hollow on the inside. And it's like <laughs> that line kills me every time. Oh, my God. So funny. Alright, so I do have a negative for this movie. Spill the tea. The final... I thought the final act with the baseball game went too long. When he was the umpire, yeah, I, I felt like I that really that. dragged. I got the gag the first time he did, like, the umpire takes over the game and over and, like, is the star of the show thing. Like, that was funny the first time. And then it went on. It felt like it went on for, like, 25 minutes. I was like, all right, can we, get, can we get moving? This was funny the first time. It did have that fantastic joke though, where they like they go, "That's uh, the opera singer." Like yeah, they say his full name so as funny. if he's like some like <laughs> is some like a a list celebrity. I do agree yeah, though. I, I, I think that is the weakest. I think that, that's, that's the what weakest I mean. Part to, to Samir's point, that I do agree with that. Like there are to me entire stretches or or just several jokes. Like anytime you throw this many jokes at the wall, there will be a lot to fall flat. And I did. I I agree that I thought the third act featured more of those than, than any other part of the film like i didn't really laugh at like the umpires throwing the baseball back and forth like you know oh, like, i was catching, cracking up with catching the, i don't know like <laughs> i don't know maybe i was just like like no i was gonna say like maybe it's like we we talked about we noticed throughout this podcast and you'll keep noticing throughout the rest of the night that i haven't enjoyed a movie in months so maybe this says more about me than <laughs> than anything else but uh yeah some of those gags i was just I was like i don't know Oh yeah, well, Dane, and, how do you how how confident do you feel about? Yeah, uh, I guess I guess I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. Dane, how confidence. confident do you feel about uh, Naked Gun after this discussion? You know, I I feel pretty good. Um, your comment on liking Airplane makes me feel pretty confident about that. Um, and the fact that you cheated <laughs> that should probably make I, you feel confident too. I hey, I can't cheat if there's no rules uh we we never yeah. we never wrote that role um but yeah i feel i feel pretty good um 
<laughs> Another hollow victory on the podcast. <laughs> Something for. Yeah, okay, it we got, all know you're salty that you didn't win Survive. I was going to say. Uh, if, okay, if, well, if we didn't I, have to bring that up tonight, this episode. I, I will. There's. There's reason. Yes, there's reasoning for it, but for the next three episodes, you could probably expect, like, me and Sam to just, like, butt heads for, for the majority <laughs> of the time. And. Even though Dane and I only agree on movies exclusively. Yeah, now, I know. I know it's kind of cute. Dane, like, Dane and you, I have. Yeah, Dane and I have not. I mean, it's Dan if you do, Dan if you don't. If, if anyone but Sam wins, they will just become Sam's enemy for the next several <laughs> weeks. So there's. Really... <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. That's certainly true. But even if Will won, I wouldn't become em- enemies with him. I just want him to know that. <laughs> oh, thanks, Sam. Yeah, anything for you, Will. <laughs> okay, some uh, very brief context um, about the Foot Fist Way. I first watched the Foot Fist Way late night after some South Oakland party thing with some people on my floor freshman year, and everybody was dying, and it was definitely one of my favorite nights of um, Sutherland Hall freshman year. Uh I should be fully transparent and say that I'm a Danny McBride super fan. I loved Eastbound and Down. I love The Righteous Gemstones. I love Vice Principals, all three on HBO, by the way. And I love all of his movie rules. Um, if you've ever seen Pineapple Express, that's the one that's coming to my mind right now. But um, watch Pineapple Express. I'm I'm upset that we couldn't talk about it tonight. Um, but yeah, this movie, The Foot Fist Way, is a micro-budget movie that came before all of his other work. It did tremendously well at the box office for its budget, and it became a massive success, giving Danny McBride and his friends um, all the capital to move forward with their careers, and that I'm very thankful for. I also really, really, really love character-based humor, um, so I had to pick one of, so I just had to pick one of those for this episode. This movie definitely does not hold a candle to all of Danny McBride's and Jody Hill's later work um and like david gordon green gordon green let me check that right now um, okay it is david gordon green cuz i was between david gordon green and seth gordon green anyways um yeah it, it this movie does not hold a candle i guess to his later work but i think it definitely has some very solid laughs and that's all i ever want on those rate on those like rainy sundays um Danny McBride is in this movie, and basically all his other work plays an arrogant, self-absorbed prick, essentially toxic masculinity personified, um, and he's hilariously too stupid to ever realize his own idiocy. Let me tell you, I personally can never get enough of it. Alright, I'm gonna end my spiel by quoting a brief interaction from this movie. Julio Chavez, uh, Fred Simmons, which is who's played by Danny McBride says to Danny McBride, who do you think would win in a fight between Bruce Lee and Chuck the Truck? Fred Simmons responded to that saying, what are you kidding? The Truck, easy. He's an eight-year undefeated kickboxing champion. Can Bruce Lee say that? No, Bruce Lee is dead. Yeah, one thing I'll say for you too, Samir, that I really do uh, do respect is that you uh, you tend to always lean towards like the low-budget uh, any uh, production, like of any film. like. Mm-hmm. You just you don't let budget get in the way of your enjoyment of a film. In fact, you seem to have a soft spot for lower budget productions, which I 
I definitely uh, admire. <laughs> Wait, this this is a t- this is a total non sequitur, but I it only just now occurred to me that Will is in my old bedroom, and I'm just I've yeah, just been yeah, yeah. I've just been looking behind wow. Will this whole time, and I was like, oh yeah, that's that's the old stomping grounds. I'm sorry it took me so long, Will. Anyway, go on. <laughs> All right, so um, it's funny that you mentioned that this was a late night film for you, Samir, because. After watching it, I thought it was funny. My first thought was this movie would have been ten times funnier if I was hammered right now. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, get get a couple drinks in me. I'll watch this again. I'll probably be, like, on the ground laughing. But I loved Danny McBride's acting as Fred Simmons. He was hilarious. Just the way he delivers the lines. Like, his interactions with Julio during the movie... We're killing me. Like, after the demo, yeah, after after the demo where he knocked the board out of Julio's hand and they're like eating pizza, and I, it reminded me of like elementary school because they're drinking out like the tiny little clear cups like soda, and he's like, "Oh, you guys want some more food? Not you, Julio. You, you know, Henry, do you know do you know how to hold a board right? <laughs> like, this that shit was so funny. And the in the party with um with uh the truck. Oh, I I, I really count. I like the party scene. That was my yeah. favorite scene of the That movie. was my favorite scene. It was oh, so funny. Yeah. Like the truck is doing cocaine and he's like, I love I love how he went up to Julio and was like, You're a handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> Julio, and like the girls are like petting Julio's head. Like they were all hammered. I loved it. I love Danny McBride in this movie, but I actually think I love his wife even more. I think she's such a funny character. She was and I also I think the hardest laugh I had in this movie because it's so out of the blue and out of pocket is when she says that she cheated on him and the editing for some reason there's just a <laughs> random edit like you know like it's it's not even necessarily Danny's bride's performance in this moment although it, that was also good it's just the random edit in that moment where the camera just kind of jars like jams back a little bit and there's like a sudden uh, song that kicks in for just a brief well, second that- and it's like it's supposed to express the shock and that and I was just dying laughing. So, I, I'll i say, that's something that I did find very um, unique about the movie, is it, it had, like, this almost, almost, like, dramatic element to it in the way it was filmed. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, like the moments where he's, like, driving in the car, and it's, like, that like, synthy-type music playing. I'm like, bro, what's going on right now? Or the part, or the part where he's, like, where he's talking to himself oh, in the yeah, mirror. Yeah. That actually might be my favorite moment yeah. in the movie. And it's, like, honestly, like, at a point, it's, like, a drama. I was like, am like, I watching like, This guy's having a full mental break. It's not even very funny. <laughs> yeah, he, but, like, he was, like, crying that, that's, and stuff. And... That's where I thought the movie was strongest. There is, like, a sadness to it, almost. But. I will say, Samir, that I think it's interesting you mentioned that this is doesn't hold a candle to, like, future things that Danny McBride does. I, like, just found that this movie, it felt like they were making it up as they went along, which, like, does, like, it works in some parts, but I honestly... I don't know. I wasn't. I uh, frankly wasn't a huge fan of this movie. I didn't think it was Not- all that funny, and I felt. And I felt. I felt like it was a little just half baked at times. Like they'd come up with this concept of like a blowhard, like hyper masculine, like fake masculine tool jujitsu teacher, and they thought that was gonna make the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it is. Like it is. And I'm. I'm not. It is a funny. Con- like I like. And I. I like I like I think it's a funny concept too. I just 
found that a lot of scenes were kind of like, they were like, shit, well, we've already had him act like a tool. What else are we going to do for a joke? And they just like had to resort to the same joke over and over and over again. And for me, that kind of made it after a while. Like, I agree. I agree. I know, Almost I just, in a different I sense. A little, like, I found I it a little think, grating. Yeah, like, so I, I, Samir alluded to this. I love Danny McBride, and I also love all his work. And um, I also would agree that this is probably the weakest of the of what I've seen him in. But it doesn't make it a bad film. I, I still liked it, but I, like Sam, I didn't love it either. And I think it's because it's actually like not really that funny. Like, and I don't even mean that as an insult, honestly. But like, like it's it's his character is is funny the way it is in all his other films. But I think it's definitely the least joke centric of all his films. It really I is like that. either you buy into the character and you and you laugh at the absurdity of him throughout, or you just kind of don't. That's, um, yeah. I mean, going off of like what what Sam said, like I thought like the first fifteen minutes of like his character and uh were funny, especially with like more of like the the hyper masculine jokes. But eventually, I did get kind of tired of kind of like the like low-hanging fruit jokes where it only made jokes about like the hyper masculinity like for like what the the scene in his in his office like that played on the whole thing that i for me like that scene dragged and i was just like all right they're just playing on the fact that he's this creep authority figure in this situation which i think for me could have been like very funny but also yeah, I I just I I thought like throughout the movie event like my <clears throat> tolerance to him kind of just went away. I will say though, I did like the party scene. I thought that was very funny. And the like more clever jokes too, like the the Myrtle Beach joke um where I I thought that was hilarious where he's like, "Oh, we're on the Myrtle Beach." Uh, Cuz this was like <laughs> out of all out of all the places, Myrtle Beach is like I, I thought that was hilarious. I definitely thought it was funny, but I do agree with Dane with some of the scenes dragging. I did agree that the toxic masculinity shtick for Danny McBride's character, it it got a little old at the end, which is why I was glad that scenes like the party scene and like um I felt that the final like contest with the truck was pretty funny at the end too. Just, like, the fact that those came up really saved the movie, in my mind, like, overall. Because in the beginning, it was funny, like, his, his his like, acting out and stuff like that. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was really, I was, it was humor. I laughed. Yeah, it's just the most out-of-pocket lines in this movie that get me, like, I'm so hungry I could eat a grown man's ass right now. Uh, and, uh dentistry i can't believe that's something that's real um and you guys like you talked about the myrtle beach line that that was really funny um the actress that plays his wife is really funny in it too um i just i love the interaction between them that one part where he says to her we'll we'll get untired because it's time for two for one crab we'll, we'll get untired because it's time for two for one crab leg specials at tgi friday um <laughs> uh it's, it's just the way he says things like his delivery um and like just like how he i don't even know i can't even describe it but like just the way he says things makes it so funny to me um i would i'd say if you guys felt even the slightest bit of or saw the slightest bit of potential in the foot fist way uh and i, I know samir would agree with me i would really endorse pretty much anything else Danny mcbride has done but especially his three tv shows 
uh, Eastbound and Down, Vice Principals, and The Righteous Gemstones are all so fucking funny. Yeah, I, I don't think Vi Vice Principals is probably the most criminally underrated of the three. Like, it doesn't get it was, it, as nearly as much attention, yeah. and I think it's pretty genius. So. Yeah, I, 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 right. I was going to say, I did really like his... I thought he was a great performer in the movie, and I, I'll definitely check out... I've heard a lot about Righteous Gemstones, so I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah, I'll get, and I'll give a little bit of... I'll give a little spiel on it. I should... You know, I want to say right off the bat, I almost, uh, especially, you know, to I think all Will knew about this episode going in is that it, it would be a comedy episode. And so I do almost feel like with a movie like Private Life that um, I, I set him up or maybe I set myself up to fail. Because uh, I'm under no illusion that Private Life is fun is the funniest of the movies brought tonight. In fact, I, it's, it's safely the least funny of... No... But with that being said, I think it's by he far. Plays the layup card. I mean, I'm, I'm. He's such a survivor. It's, it's not much of a concession because I'm. I'm very, very adamant that it's the best film uh, we're discussing tonight. Just maybe, maybe, maybe not the funniest. Mm. But, mm. but no. it, because the topic is comedies, I think it is an interesting film to consider as a comedy because I do think it has like a very human sort of sincere uh, sense of humor that isn't necessarily even all about making jokes. But it's 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 just it's very raw and very real. There are a few moments that I could point to throughout this film that are funny, um, not because they were even feel written, but because they literally feel like, yeah, that's exactly either the kind of shit that I hear in my life or that's the kind of reaction I'd expect to have in that situation. Um, and in that sense, it's, so this was written and directed by uh, Tamara Jenkins, who really doesn't have a, all too extensive a filmography. I've been meaning to check out The Savages, which is another one of her films that's that's fairly notable. Um, but I think it's a, it's fair to compare this to sort of like a Noah Baumbach, uh, and even maybe like a, like a Woody Allen kind of thing. You know, it's, it follows like a sort of like bourgeois New York couple, uh, who, uh, you know, and, and again, the, the humor is, 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 is very baked into their conversations. But what I like about this film, and the reason I prefer it to anything Noah Baumbach has done and anything Woody Allen has done is because I think again it's that sincere human quality. I, I, th I what I love about this film is that it's it doesn't feel like pretentious in the way those films can tend to feel. I like Bo Noah Baumbach and Woody Allen, but they're very heavily written. Those films, you know, all, they're both of those guys, you know, write out very extensive scripts that uh, can sometimes feel like a little overbearing, maybe. But I I just think there are so many moments in this that feel so real, so raw, and as a result, in a weird sort of way, I actually do feel pretty funny. Um, so we can discuss it as a comedy, but I think it's worth discussing on both levels, like as a, both as a comedy and as just a, a film, because it you can only get so far treating this as if you're only looking if you're only looking for laughs. If you were to apply Samir's earlier barometer to Private Life, you'd probably come out disappointed. But um, I think I've, I've yeah, said this before. Right. Yeah, I now, think this, this is one of the best scripts this, this ever written. Okay, so like I thought. This speaking yeah let's get Will Will's thoughts yeah speaking about so you did mention all I knew is that this is the comedy episode you guys are gonna give me four comedies I'm gonna watch them whichever one I like most gets the rose now Private Life was the first movie I watched after Naked Gun imagine <laughs> <laughs> that uh, talk about polar opposites I actually really liked Private Life as a movie it was so human so like realistic like i i got misty-eyed at many moments like i really connected with the character like with uh paul giamatti and katherine hans characters the couple as well as sadie uh who's played by she's so carter yeah she did such a great job i like yeah, she's fantastic i felt like 
as someone who's graduating in the near future, I really felt that sense of like, what's my meaning? Like, what what is there to do in life? Type, uh, like thoughts run through my head sometimes. So I really connected with her, but it, I didn't laugh once during this movie. I didn't think it was. Really funny. I thought it was just real. I, I like. As a comedy, this isn't a comedy. It's a movie. And, yeah, and again, I, I I agree. But the, the, it's a the drama scenes I want to comedic elements. Can I draw you guys a take? Because I I definitely I, that's not even the, like a, a incorrect statement to say if you don't that you didn't find it funny. But I do think there are moments that are again pretty humorous. I think Paul Giamatti watching porn very early in this film. That's the funniest. Is, part of the movie. I, thought, I thought it was. Fu- I thought that's it was funniest, humorous. But I think I think uh, Sadie movies. has some really good one liners that. Are like some of her like her insults she, that she doesn't I even mean as insults, head. you know. Like the parts where they like they're talking about eggs and she goes scrambling. Yeah, yeah. Like I think she she has some funny one liners in this that again are almost like they're almost so real that you don't register them as jokes. Yeah, I like I like the scene where she's talking to Catherine Hahn's character Rachel and Sadie's talking about like how her mom wears like baggy clothing and stuff. And yeah, it turns in out the she's background she's like taking off her like baggy cardigan or whatever she's wearing. right. I thought yeah. like. Moments like that are clever and funny, but like, I didn't. I was just. I, I'd like maybe have like a little thought in my mind, like, oh, it's. Humorous. Yeah. No, that that makes sense to me. This to me, this movie is like the type, the type of funny where it's like you're just kind of sitting around and you're like, you let out a chuckle and you go like, life is so yeah, fucked. That, yeah. Like it's like it's one of those, it's one of those movies which is which is you know right in line with what Corey says all the time, <laughs> which is where you're just sitting there you like you laughed you like yeah you like kind of laugh to yourself and you're just like wow this is like oh my god this is so fucked <laughs> yeah i right after i watched this movie because Corey was on us about watching it and he i think he might have even mentioned it on a previous episode or in our group i think i or, did reference it quickly yeah. yeah and immediately after i'd watched it I texted him and was like, oh my god, I <laughs> loved this. Now, I, I do think, like, going into it and watching it, I was expecting it to be a little bit more funny, so I think that's probably where my, like, one gripe is at. I definitely want to go back and rewatch it, but I I thought this movie, I thought it, this movie was so just, like, profound in, in, in some of the scenes, and Catherine Hahn is just so so good like she is so believable and her and paul giamatti's relationship like i i i buy it it was so it was so personal and intimate and the the jokes between them just felt so uh raw and and well warranted and i would be ashamed if we didn't bring up spoiler the ending of this movie i was so good it's such like, a good ending. Yeah. N- nailed the ending. And th- the lingering yeah. shot through the credits. I'm getting chills. Yeah, that final frame is it... I'm such a su- I'm such a yeah. sucker for that shit. Yeah. Like, when it when it happened, and Corey's such a sucker for that shit too. That <laughs> I was just like that yeah. I was like, oh, this is so good. Of course yeah. Corey loves this. I mean, I think there is definitely some of the Noah Bombach type pretentiousness still in this movie. That one Paul Giamatti line, if I can remember it correctly, I think it's something like, uh, I feel like I'm in a Wendy Wazerstein play. <laughs> like, like, come on, like that's like that's specifically aimed at NYC theater going liberal white woman. Um, so it's, it's definitely like still retaining some of that pretentiousness. But 
I, I, I do see what you're saying. I'm in the I'm in the same boat, Samir. Like there was just like it never quite got to where I wanted it to get to. This is just a personal note, like so Corey can't get at me for when I make this point. Uh, I just find that movies that are like this sincere, like yeah, it, oh I'm gonna sound exactly like Corey. Yeah, it's like nice. I guess it's like kind of a good idea. It's a, like a good point. No, but I like movies this sincere. Like are are. are like it's an, an important endeavor they're doing but after a while i feel like i just don't have the life experience or this like specific experience that they're having to where i can fully grasp or like really latch on to what's happening to a certain extent so after a while i just kind of felt like yeah i mean I- like a fly on the wall in a certain extent and I, like i just there was there's just it felt it's so understated throughout that after a while, I was like, I was frankly a little bored. I'm not gonna lie. I got pretty invested in the whole uh, storyline, honestly. I did as like, well. Yeah, I can't connect. I can't connect with the, like, personally with a couple in their late 40s trying to conceive. But I can. Like, the dialogue was realistic, and I felt like I was standing there in some scenes, like when they'll have an argument or something, and I kind of want to just like run away out of the room because I'm like. I, it hurts to watch yeah. some of this well, stuff, I, and it really hits me. I hard. definitely think those were some of the best scenes, is like where they're in an argument or where their relationships being tested. Like that's where, mm-hmm. like yeah, obviously, I, like I don't relate to the the topic of the movie, but I also agree that I was very invested and in, and was very attached to both their characters, but just specifically Catherine Hahn because I just. Like, there are moments in the movie where she just, her performance, the way she looks, is just so hopeless. Uh, which is, is funny when we're talking about uh, comedy. <laughs> a comedy podcast. <laughs> I mean, Paul Giamatti is also, like, the goat of dark comedy, too. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, th- this was fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're so well casted. performances. Yeah, or even, even like, earlier, like, as, as sad and dark as it is, when uh, Sadie first arrives at the office and, uh, you know, Catherine Hahn's character is kind of, like, upset with her. Um, again, like, it's, 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 it's upsetting, but then even, I just, for some reason, when she gives her a smoothie and she gets in the car later, not only is it, is it sweet, but even that I found kind of funny. Like, I don't know, it just all feels so... So that genuine. was relatable, though. Like, that your mom getting mad at you, yeah. and then you come back in the car, and everything's fine again. Yeah. And, and, that, and no, that's why... I, was, I so, don't think anyone... So, like... No one can... No one can deny that this movie isn't an honest depiction of life. Like, this is a very relatable movie. I just find that narratively, it's it's sort of... And that's not to say that, like, this wouldn't repeat itself in real life. That's kind of the point, is that they keep trying and nothing succeeds, but they're still holding on to hope. I I just found myself a little bored. That's, that's Yeah, it's just funny to say, I mean, like, again, like, I think when you make a movie like this, you do run that risk of just not maybe connecting with, you know, viewers like us who are clearly so far removed from this, this experience. But what I, what I find so astounding about this movie and the reason it stuck with me for so long is that for somehow it defies the odds. I think as, as, as Will and Dane seem to allude to, it defies the odds and it does really uh, immerse you into a struggle that you can't really relate to. And I think it's because I think it does a good job of sort of universalizing their experience. Like it's not just a movie about a couple trying to ha- have a baby. Like it's just, it's about process. Like it's just like about 
like trying to to complete a process and not being able to to do that final step no matter how many how many steps you take and i and i, I feel like it does a good job of even with just like small little shots and and, and inserts and close-ups of universalizing that experience beyond being a in, in your, like a, a late 40s couple in in uh, upper class new york because i agree that in and of itself isn't necessarily all that related. And, and that's another thing that i i loved about the ending why i thought the ending was so well done is that it's a very realistic ending and you said Corey, like it's a movie about pro like proce processing and i mean sadie comes into their lives and by the end of the movie you know that she impacted their lives uh so tremendously yet it still ends with such like a I don't want to say hopelessness because there is a tad bit of hope to it, but it is still a semi-open-ended, uh, sad ending. Well, I, but yeah, but there's it. enough closure. Yeah, I mean, it, closure it mirrors the darkest moment. Right, it mirrors the darkest moment of the movie, exactly. and it's yet like it's a cycle. Right, and yet it's imbued with a lot of potential hope. Yeah. So, yeah. So should we go to? I think. I mean. Corey, how confident do you feel? You know, it, it really depends. I I feel confident that that uh, that I, you know I think it, it's a deserving film, and I think uh, Will also could very well recognize that. I'm just glad we finally got to talk about it. I'll, I'll really quickly I'll give our listeners background that the initial pitch to talk about Private Life is that we wanted to do kind of like a Wandavision episode, not where we focused on the show itself, but on uh, some of the major films that those actors, Catherine Hahn, Elizabeth Olsen, and Paul Bettany, have been in. And really, the only reason I pitched the episode is because I was just really wanted to talk about Private Life. Because uh, I just <laughs> I've been loving this movie for years, and Netflix really never promoted it the way I thought it it deserved. And only recently did they start sort of promoting it because they were trying to capitalize off all the Catherine Hahn hype, uh, which pissed me off even more because I was like, she deserved this love years ago. And and this is when I'm going to make one final pitch to you guys and to listeners at home to watch one more Catherine Hahn project. It's one that I literally reference ad nauseum and you're definitely probably less convinced to watch every time i bring it up but it is the greatest piece of television that has ever been created i really really mean that and it is called i know this much is true and it is it is just the most perfect miniseries on hbo uh katherine hahn offers a pretty similar performance in it uh, but mark ruffalo is a performance of a generation and i've had to plug it one last time hmm. katherine hahn I just... yeah, i've never heard, i've never heard you bring that one up before. <laughs> katherine hahn though we didn't you know, like, like I feel like I'm surprised on how many people are discovering her from WandaVision because she's an iconic comedic she's actress. She's great in Step... Yeah, she's in, great in yeah, Step, Step Brothers. Brothers. She's so funny. Um, I'm I'm drawing a blank, but she she shows up she in a lot in, of those uh, kind of... She's in uh, Bad Moms. She's in Wilfridge. Yeah, Bad Moms. Yeah, she's she's in a, very, a lot of very similar roles she's like that. She's got a lot of movies in her filmography. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's done a lot of comedies. But I think, so but having seen this, I know this much is true. She's really good at that, at striking that that more serious tone as well. Pitch me, Sam. Why should Corey? I give you the rose? Well, Gamble, I think we've been friends for so, so long. And I think that I should win because I think of all the movies that Best in Show is not only the funniest of the group, I think it is also the most clever of the group. I think it gives excellent performances throughout. There is not a, a character in this movie that doesn't make you laugh at least once or twice. And I think it just comes and shows a world that no movie has ever shown again and creates a world that you can really invest in, even though it's so over the top and silly. 
And this movie has infinite replay value. If you were to rewatch this, you would find jokes that you have you had no idea existed before the first time you watched it. And I think it is the most complete comedy of the group. And my final thing is I don't think voting for the best quote unquote movie is the way to go. I think Corey's movie should whoa, not win whoa. because it is not the funniest. <laughs> and it is it is not even remotely close to a comedy. It is a drama with comedic elements. So vote All right, me well, Sam, I'm going to cut you off. Corey, I just okay? want to inform you that I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone heard the same thing, right? That he was cutting out for, for most of that. It sounded like yeah, you're just getting bleeped that entire time. Like you're just. But like, I do think your your own mic picked it up most of it, so we don't need to hear you repeat it. <laughs> It was mostly me saying my movie was the best and Corey's movie should not be. Yeah, I heard that part. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. I think going in the same order, Naked Gun. Uh, So, Will, you like Airplane, Naked Gun, same team, same type of humor. I think right up your alley, Leslie Nielsen gives a tremendous comedic performance. It is a joke, a solid belly laugh joke every minute. And it's a pretty hilarious satire on, like, crime noir. So, overall, I think uh, The Naked Gun is a fantastic slapstick comedy with some very clever uh, sequences in it. So, uh, Will, take me home. So, you know, all all I'll say is this. You know, I think you have um, four solid choices here, Will. Uh, and I think you could really split hairs all night and decide which of the other three is the funniest film and always come up with a, a perfectly fine decision. But at the end of the day, uh, in a few months from now, uh, when you think back on these films, I don't know if you'll remember uh, some of these individual jokes, but you will re- you will remember how private life made you feel. You said yourself you got a little misty eyed. You said yourself that you felt really invested in, the, in this couple's journey. Um, I think it is safe to say it's the best film of the four. It might not be the best comedy, and I'm and I'm open to that. But if if you're really trying to you know pick the film that's going to stick with you, which I think that is what any great film should do, I think it's safe to say that Private Life would would be that one. What the what the fuck? Everyone of ev- <laughs> I could have just everyone I could have just put I could have just picked fucking Schindler's List and said, is this movie going to stick with you the most? It's every not- one of oh Corey's okay. like final pitches. They're like. Matthew McConaughey Oscar speeches. Like, they're so... <laughs> they're so poignant in this movie. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, he really knows how to push the right buttons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we'll give you 30 seconds to deliberate. Well... No, we don't have to do that. I don't know. Do I just decide? I mean, Chris, just, Samir's the host. Samir, you go. Just build a little suspense, maybe. I don't know how to do it. Give, like, a countdown. I know you're the host. Give so us a 3, 2, 1, and say, I don't know. So I am choosing Naked Gun. <laughs> Fuck. So I'll, oh, you coming over I'll right never now? Forget Corey that you almost, watched that movie with Dane. Corey almost got me to choose Private Life, though. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Corey should have been in last place. So I will say. So hold on. Private Life was probably my favorite movie of the four. It, it's a great film. It really made me feel something, but it wasn't a comedy. Fair. I, fair. I'll still take that. That's a very good one. Sam is so mad. Time. I thought Best in Show was great too, but I I don't know. I'm a sucker for the airplane like slapstick comedies. And, and you watched it with Dane. Well, can't we can't forget that key Dane. variable. I got fucked out of another one. <laughs> no, that this no, so, Samir. That that occurred to me with every all the films I watched for this episode. I had that same thought where I was like, 
Like I said, Naked Gun would have been hilarious to watch with Dane. I know we both love Danny McBride. If we watched Foot Fist Way together, we would have been dying laughing together. Like, it's hard to yeah, really I, crack open your sing in a room by yourself. were hilarious, but when I just come back to it, I just can't help but think of scenes from Naked Gun. Like, the, the bribe scene. The bribe scene kills me. But let it be known that, that Will did refer to Private Life as his favorite of the four. Let's, let's not... Uh... I, let it be known that Corey literally picked a drama and then yeah, said, will, this is the I most will... profound of yeah, the group Corey, the because fuck? we picked a mockumentary, a Danny McBride, and a fucking airplane spoof <laughs> movie. Of course our movies are Samir said it himself. Comedy, comedy is a broad category. That I, I think I, I chose one maybe on the uh, the outskirts of the, of the genre, it's but certainly not, within the umbrella. It's not a comedy. It's a, it's a, it's a comedy. You, in, it's not a comedy. comedy. Like I said before, it's a comedy in the same way that the MCU movies are a comedy because the MCU Thank movies you. have funny moments. So does Private Life. I, I mean, the MCU exactly. movies are the MCU movies are are honest. Like honest, I've said this before. I think they're they work better as comedies than they do any other genre. Because Guardians I, of the I, Galaxy is one of the funniest movies. Oh, uh, Will, Will's already getting Marvel. on my good side. What, what, when you coming over, Will? <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, bullshit. Will. All I'm saying is, bring your full body condom because we're practicing safe sex. <laughs> <laughs> That is a great note to end it on, I think. Honestly, if I were to lose to any movie, I'm glad it's The Naked Gun. Yeah. I thought this movie was. I thought this movie was. <laughs> Equally, if not more funny than yeah, uh, Sam. I was. Uh, was that humility from Sam? Wow. I was between no. Well, I literally said I literally I gave Naked Gun five stars. I thought this movie was so. I'm just I'm just glad I was able to deliver that joke and not uh like trip over my words because. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was perfect. I will gladly lose in defeat to Dane. I will not gladly lose to defeat to Corey. Just let it be known. Before we close out, can I just tease our ne- our next episode? Because I think in, in, in the competitive spirit, uh, so yeah, what we're going to be doing big week coming up. We got the Oscar uh, nominations that will be announced on Monday, uh, and in response to those nominations, we will be recording a special Oscars draft. Uh, this is this is essentially kind of like fantasy Oscars, I guess is the best way to put it. So we'll be uh, each we'll be running through uh, at, like a snake draft style, and each picking films. Uh, to kind of go on our roster, and then we'll get points according to how many awards those films win. So it'll be a nice little competition to to pace us through award season and another uh, trophy to add to to my growing uh, trophy oh, case of it's all film and games uh, uh, oh, memorabilia. Well, there you have it, folks. This concludes our first ever Bachelor episode. Will I be invited back to host again? Debatable. Will Will Gamble forever remain one of the cutest, most charming human beings on Earth? Certainly. We hope you'll join us next week as we discuss the Oscar nominations and explain the draft game that we'll be playing. As always, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.